1: Good, it is great to see y'all this morning. Can we pause one second and give it up to our South Augusta campus? Y'all, we are so glad. We are one church in two locations. Glad y'all are with us this morning. And those watching online in our video venues, glad y'all came to church today. Well, I'm excited to do week three of um, this series about passages that inspire us. And today's passage uh, hits Close to home for me, Uh, we're talking about a blind man and I don't have my glasses, so I'm feeling really connected to the guy we're talking about today. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 18, starting at the 35th verse. Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 35, and it reads, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of the crowd going past, He asked, what was happening? They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front of him yelled. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus said, I, or Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus praising God and all who saw it praise God too. I want to talk to you for a few moments on life lessons from a blind man, life lessons from a blind man. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day and the opportunity to share your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say in Jesus name. Amen. So, uh, Y'all, my daddy was very big on life lessons. He was always trying to teach me something. From the moment I was born probably and I couldn't understand all the way until uh, college and even at, into adulthood, my dad was trying to teach me something. One of the biggest lessons he taught me is always to check your pocket twice when you leave it. You don't want to leave your wallet or you don't want to forget your keys or something important. Always check twice. Well, y'all, as we get older, sometimes we forget some of these life lessons, and uh, it came back to bite me. Recently, I was serving as a best man in uh, my friend, one of my best friends from childhood wedding, and we were at the wedding, and I was given the responsibility of holding the rings. I was so excited about this important, valuable opportunity. I knew this was a a important moment in the wedding and we get down there I walk in with him and the preacher says all that he has to say and we get to the close of the wedding and the preacher looks and says do we have the rings y'all I reach into my pocket and uh, I pull out one ring but then I realize that the second ring is missing I begin to panic in that moment because the maid of honor is looking at me like I gave you the ring and I'm looking at her like, no, you didn't. And the preacher is looking at all of us saying, what's going on? The bride and the groom, their plastic smile is on their face, but they're looking like they want to kill me. It was a very embarrassing moment. You see, it all could have been avoided if I would have just checked my pocket twice. You see, we all learn life lessons. Every day, we're learning life lessons. Uh, Some of you parents have learned the life lesson of that kids don't have filters when they say in public what you meant only for private conversation. There are many of you in here today who have learned all too well that you should get gas on your way home when you wake up and your car has been on E one too many times. There's others of you who know all too well after a heartbreak or two that I probably should just listen to mama when she said don't date that person because they know much better than I do. We are learning life lessons each and every day. And this is what Jesus is trying to do to his disciples. The greater context of Luke chapter 18 or our biblical passage today is all about Jesus teaching life lessons to his disciples. There are four uh, stories or parables or life events that happens that Jesus is trying to teach practical examples and practical lessons from Scripture. The first one, uh, there is the parable of the persistent widow, and he's teaching them the importance of tenacity and determination, that sometimes you've just got to be willing to push and go forward. The next lesson comes from the Pharisee and the sinner tax collector. And what Jesus was trying to teach them there is to trust in God's grace and don't let your works make you conceited. Uh, I think the cultural uh, poet Kendrick Lamar says it like this, sit down, be humble. Uh, The next lesson we see is from Jesus and uh, the little children. And the lesson he's trying to teach the disciples is never be a barrier to people finding Jesus. That if you have him, you should share him. And the final lesson that he teaches is with a parable about the rich young ruler. And what he's trying to tell us is to always put God first. That it's okay to have things, but don't let things have you. The reason why he is teaching them all of these life lessons is that he recognizes his time is short. They are on their way to Jerusalem. They got to stop in Jericho. They're about 17 miles away, and Jesus knows that he is going to the cross, and he wants to leave them with life lessons. So he tells them, again, I'm about to die, and all of these things are going to happen, and he gave them all these life lessons. And verse 34 of chapter 18 is one of my favorite Because it says, and they didn't understand anything. Jesus spent all these times trying to teach them these life lessons, but they were blind to the truth of these messages. And from there, we walk into our biblical passage about a blind man who would have been overlooked by others, but had so much to teach us about life that this blind man's story encapsulates all of these life lessons that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. And if we are going to live the life that God has called us to live, if we are going to be individuals of influence and purpose, there are practical life lessons that we can learn from this blind man. Four things I want to show you. Here's the first, is that you should do what you can do. Here's the reality, we cannot control the cards that are dealt to us, but we can control how we play them. We all have issues and limitations in our life i i I prayed for all my life for the Lord to make me six, five, and to this day he hasn't answered that prayer, but maybe he'll do it in heaven. I don't know uh heavenly bodies, maybe sure i I'm guessing, but we all have limitations. But the reality is our limitations should not prevent us from pursuing opportunities. This is what the blind man teaches us. He cannot see, but he does not allow his limitation to prevent him from being in a place where he can receive the things necessary. He does what he can do. And that's the message for us, that we need to do what we can do. Don't just think about these ideas. Don't just try the, uh, or uh, meditate on these things. You've got to move from thinking to action. You've got to be willing to take a step forward. Uh, Arnold Glasso says it like this, ideas not coupled with action never become bigger than the brain cells they occupy. That at some point in our life, we cannot let the limitations restrict us from doing what we are able to do. That uh, Pastor Marty says it like this, that you do the possible and let God do the impossible. That we have a responsibility to play in walking out the purposes of God in our life. That we have to do what we can do. In John chapter 13 and verse 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples after telling them all these things, showing them how to be a servant. He says, now you know these things, God blesses you for doing them. Here's the good news, y'all, is that when you do what you can do, you have the confident hope that God will bless you in what you can't do. That when you do what you're able to do, that God's favor and blessing will make up what you are unable to do. Here's the truth. When we do what we can do, we position ourselves to receive from God what we can't. When we do what we're able to do, we position ourselves to get from God the things that we are unable to do. The blind man in our text, Puts himself in position. He does not wallow in despair and discouragement. He does not just sit in a house, but he gets help or moves to a place where people are so he can receive alms. And he is in position to hear information that will strategically help him move forward. There's some of you in this room right now. You're not the most talented. You're not the most gifted. But what you have done is done what you have been able to do, and God has blessed that. God has favored that. There are some of you in this room. You're wondering, what should I do next? Do the next right thing, do what you're able to do, and trust God for what you are unable to do. This is the first lesson. A blind man teaches those who can see. Second thing is that we've got to put our faith in Christ. Ultimately, at some point in our lives, we are going to be presented with the opportunity to place faith in Christ. You're going to have to answer the question of what do I do about Jesus? This Jesus who's presented to me. In our text today, this blind man asks, what is going on? They tell him that this Jesus of Nazareth is here. They identify Jesus with his location. Now, this blind man cannot see where Jesus is. He understands that he is in close proximity, but he does something amazing in this moment. Because he makes a messianic declaration. They label Jesus as a Nazarene, but he says, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. That title, Son of David, is a messianic title that is used to announce the Savior and the Messiah. And what he was saying in that moment is that Jesus wasn't just an ordinary person. He wasn't just some guy walking by. He wasn't just a Nazarene, but he was the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He had put his faith in Jesus. See, faith is important. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Those who want to come to God must first believe that he exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Faith is a vital element of our experience with God. And it's a daily habit that we get to put our trust and faith in God. And see, when we put our faith in God, what we are doing is we are recognizing who he is and our need for him. It's a recognition that he is Lord, he is God, he is Savior, he is high above every other thing. But it's also a recognition of the fact that I can't do this by myself, that I need help and I'm dependent on God. See, the challenge of our generation is with all of our scientific advancements, as we can figure it out on our own. We can do it by ourselves. But life has a way of making you realize that as much as you can do by yourself, you still need a savior. And we've got to get to the place where we put our faith in God. Where we put our faith in Christ. And this is what this blind man does. He makes the decision to put his faith in Christ. No matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, I'm going to believe who Christ said he is, and I'm going to announce my need for who Christ is. It's interesting that this blind man could see who Jesus was and all of these people around him who had sight had no clue who Jesus really was. Don't let the things of this world cause you to be blind to the fact that you need a savior. Don't let your gifts and your talents take you so far that you miss the fact of the source of your strength. We need a Savior. And ultimately, the life lesson that he teaches us here is that we need to put our faith in Christ. Here's the third thing, and if you don't hear anything else today, I need you to hear this. This is the word of the Lord for you. The life lesson he teaches us is to persevere. Y'all, I don't know what you are faced with. I don't know the challenges that are going on in your life. But I came to tell you that this is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to quit or to give up. This is the hour for you to persevere. I I know you are facing obstacles in your marriage. I I understand that there are difficulties on your job. I, I get the fact that there is tension in your relationship with your kids. But this is not the moment to walk away. This is the moment to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We've got to persevere through the obstacles and the trials and the tribulations knowing that God is greater than whatever we're facing. He's bigger than that. We've got to persevere. And here's what difficulty does. Opposition comes to test your resolve. Opposition comes to test your resolve. Do you mean what you said? Do you believe what you have spoken? He makes this messianic declaration about who Jesus is, and they tell him to be quiet. In fact, Scripture says emphatically they yell at him to be quiet. Stop making that noise. Stop reaching for those dreams. Stop going after those things. Don't 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 go further. Stop right where you are. They they wanted to snuff him out, to silence him, to to Cause him to be stunted in his growth and never move forward. And the word of the Lord for you, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, is to persevere through those trials and tribulations, to push through, to endure. Look, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 says it like this. And we can rejoice too when we find ourselves in problems and trials, knowing that they develop in us endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Y'all, the thing that you thought came to snuff you out is really the thing that cemented your faith. The the thing that you thought was going to destroy your marriage, sealed your marriage. The thing you thought was going to get you fired absolutely promoted you. The thing you thought was going to cancel you actually gave you a platform. Can I tell you that very thing that was going to stop you is what God uses to develop you. And in fact, what you should do when you face opposition, allow it to amplify your faith. Allow it to make you say, Louder and louder, I believe in the Son of God. I know God is going to come through for me. The prognosis is bad. The things look dark, but I trust in the God I serve. In the book of Psalm, he says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He says, I know in whom I have believed. We've got to persevere. And this is the tension in the text. Because he has no idea if Jesus can even hear him. And some of you are wondering if your prayers are only hitting the ceiling. Some of you are asking the question can it ever get any better? I want to remind you that this is the moment to persevere. You know, Jesus uh, says, Seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be opened unto you. But what that word in the Greek is, it's an active verb. And so it would read better like this. Keep knocking and the door will be open. Keep seeking and you will find. Truth of the matter is we got to persevere. And here's, here's what perseverance is. It is faith on display. And the good news about faith on display is that big faith attracts the attention of God. Look at what happens in the text. They want to silence him, and he begins to cry out louder and louder. His perseverance and faith is on display. And Jesus says, bring him to me. Bring him to me because this faith is attractional. What he has done has attracted the very attention of God. And I want to challenge you who is getting weary, don't get weary in well-doing because in the right season, you will reap if you faint not. Keep praying, keep asking, persevere through the trials that you're facing because ultimately your faith will lead to an encounter with Jesus. In the book of Psalms, it says, a desperate spirit will not be denied. And this blind man was desperate enough to call out and to persevere until Jesus came his way. And when he had an encounter with Jesus, his life was forever changed. Again, I don't know what you're facing, but you are one encounter away from your life being changed. You are one Encounter with Jesus away from things turning around and hear the word of the Lord to say, keep pushing, keep going. Don't give up in this season. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Here's the fourth and final thing that I want to share with you. And here's the life lesson. The last one is to give Glory to God. I need you to understand that you can do what you can. You should put your faith in Christ. You need to persevere. But ultimately, all of that adds up to your life giving glory to God. Last verses here, what happens with this young man, this blind man, is that he begins to give glory to God. How, how does he do, do that in three practical ways? Here's the first, is he begins to follow Jesus. He doesn't just seek God's hand, he seeks God's face. He's not just interested in what God can do for him. He wants to have a daily relationship with him. Can I tell you, your daily walk with God gives glory to Him. Your relationship with God brings glory to Him. But here's the next thing that He does is that His following Jesus results in Him praising God. Can I tell you that you have a life of personal worship? that your personal worship brings glory to God. You know, I've said this multiple times, but I always reflect on what my grandmother used to say. She said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. Y'all, we all have things to give God praise for. But there is something special about our personal worship because our personal worship leads to praising God with others. You know, it's amazing to me to see how when one person stands, the rest of the congregation begins to join with them. I love to hear the story of life change in an individual because their life change normally leads to other members in their families having transformation. You see, your personal worship results in corporate worship. This is why we encourage you to attend weekly. (laughs) This is one of the reasons why we encourage you to share your story. Because your personal testimony, your personal worship encourages others to join in with you to praise God. What God is doing in your life is not just for you. Your personal worship is contagious. It invites others to corporate worship with you. And This is the good news because our lives are made to worship God. And not just as individuals, but something special happens when we gather together. This is what David says in Psalm 34. He says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Verse 8, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. We get the opportunity to magnify and lift up God's name and where worship is, God is present and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and that's the life lesson. The ultimate life lesson that he teaches us is that we were made to give God glory. We were made to give glory. God prays, not just by ourselves, but with others. And I want to pray with you today, and we're, we're going to do something that I, I think is pertinent for this moment, is we're going to enjoy a time of corporate worship at the end. But I want to pray for you, who today you need to put your faith in Jesus Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you are watching online. Maybe you're in the video venue. You may even identify as Christian, but you need a relationship with Jesus. Today is your day. Well, there are others of you. I want to pray for you to persevere. There are many of you who are in battles today. And I'm praying for God's strength to help you to endure, to persevere. And after we pray, we're going to go into a moment of worshiping God. So if you would stand with me, we're going to pray. And if you're with your family, if you're with uh, somebody you're connected to, I want you to hold their hand. Because we're going to pray for God to do something incredible in this moment of prayer and worship that God would visit us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you and give you praise. God, thank you that you are in control. Thank you for your word that has been shared, that you invite us to do what we can do. God, you encourage us to persevere and give glory to you. But God, for the person who has yet to put their trust in Jesus Christ, for the person who has put their trust in Jesus and maybe have walked away, God, today could be the day that they come home. If that's you, I want you to say this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. I give my life to you forgive me of my sins I put my trust in you and God right now I pray for every person under the sound of my voice every person watching online every person holding the hand of another God I pray for perseverance in their lives God we believe you to do great things in our world and God for every giant there is a David that can slay it. For every issue, there is a God who is bigger and greater. And I pray God, even now to every place of struggle, I pray that you would renew strength now in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, we push back against the darkness. We push back against divorce. We push back against the spirit of suicide and hopelessness. We push back against depression, God. We push back against every attack of the enemy. We tear down every lie and every stronghold knowing that you are greater and stronger and bigger, God. We look to you who is our help, God. We look to you who is our provider. And God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus for miracles, that this will be a place of miracles, that we would see your healing hand. We will see your provision. We would see your deliverance. And ultimately, God, we will sing your praises and give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.